Factor. Hey. Thanks, everyone, for coming back. Thanks, yeah. Third, yeah, <laughs> oh my god. Ep- episode four. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's hot. We're hot right away. I think well, we're Well, we're, we're a little bit silly because of the past month we've had. It's been ridiculous. What has happened since the last time we talked? Well, all is lost. I don't know if all, if all is lost, but I mean, definitely, you know, we were, we were, we had been thinking about bringing on um, some guests to have on the, on the, the show. That's true. We actually have some and, guests lined up. Yeah. We've got some people ready to go, but we thought, you know what? There's so much news, InfoSec news that we need to talk about. We need to um, pour through it. Yeah. That we're just going to need to focus on that and we'll postpone our guests. Yeah. So come in for episode five through 225 where we may have some special guests for you, some interesting topics. But yeah, you're right. This last month has just been rife with with uh, cybersecurity disaster? Is disaster? People, somebody told me, don't say disaster. A disaster is when a flood comes and everyone's puppies drown and it's like a loss of life. Yeah. This is just an incident. Yeah. I think that's being very pedantic. Yeah, but it's it's um, even before you know. Obviously, we're talking about Equifax here. Yo, right. Um, <laughs> even before all this stuff, there's some other ones too. But Equifax is definitely yeah. The Deloitte. One. Deloitte. There was also the Adobe well, deal. Well, there. Um, <laughs> it's just a poor, Adobe's like the the uh, the carousel of of bummer, right? They just keep coming in, and instead of reaching for the brass ring, they just apologize, and they're like, "Here, sorry, change your passwords." I would. I would kind of argue and we can debate this a little bit that the that the adobe one was worse than the equifax one. Oh, that's interesting yeah well let's talk about that obviously it didn't have the same level of impact but i think on a a level of like uh stupidness yeah the it, adobe one's worse okay so let's let's talk about them yeah so, all right, let's get it um if you don't know now you other know. than the uh other than the yahoo ones it is apparently the largest breach in terms of uh, um, affected kind of public users. Yeah, 143 million people, right? Yeah, something like that. That's a lot. Um, and they're actually, a lot of people are not counting the Yahoo ones because those were like uh, a, a lot of like micro breaches all kind of rolled up, I guess. <laughs> but Roll anyhow. up your micro breaches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm wading through this here tiny stream. I got to yeah. roll up my micro breaches. Yeah, it's a fruit roll-up of micro bridges that's true. um so okay let's let's talk about the highlights here so first they came out saying uh we've we kind of known about this but um didn't really know about it and here's here's what the deal is but then as they as time went on they kept like rolling back the date did you notice that it was uh-huh. like first it was they figured they found it in like like july right then it was may yeah. Then it was March, March, and then it was like, well, we've known about it since the beginning of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't enough time for our executives to make an exit strategy. Uh, so. Right. That that was also kind of pathetic, too, right? Oh, um, I know. Where a couple of these executives sold some stock, and, yeah. then they, and then they said, oh, well, they didn't know about it. But we're talking about, like, two SVPs and um, and a CFO— Yep, right, right, and I think one of the SVPs was like um, in charge of like information solutions, right? <laughs> so, 
if this breach had been going on since the beginning of the year, how do the how do your like pretty top executives not know about it? Yeah, it does I doubt raise it. some very serious questions. Yeah, and 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 as a conversation I was having with someone, they brought up it doesn't matter because they can't prove that they didn't know about it. That's right. So now they're screwed. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you're 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 toasted. And you know it's interesting. I was I was having a conversation. Of course, like we're saying, we're having nothing but conversations about this. And and uh, I think one of the things that really struck me, I was talking to a um, a CISO, right, a, someone who actually had a lot of empathy in this situation, right? <laughs> and he was saying, you know, so as as many of you who are listening probably know, the chief security person at Equifax uh, is a woman who everyone is starting to call the music major. Mm-hmm, they're they're mm-hmm. pointing out, like, poor thing. She Because she happened to study music and even has a master's of fine arts, which is good for you I, as a musician myself, ain't no easy thing to do. The, all of a sudden, that makes her a terrible CISO, right? Like, whereas... Three months ago, no one would have thought anything about it. But regardless of that, he, he was sort of like, oh, man, I feel so bad for this gal because she's going to go down in history as, like, the clown who screwed this up. And for all we know, for the last 12 months, every day, she was just banging on the executive staff door saying, we have to spend more. We got to get more things done. We got Who knows, right? Like, we've all mm-hmm. been in that situation where we're like, here's the right thing to do. Uh, it's going to cost money or it's going to be a different priority. And it's like, no, uh, don't take the systems down right now because we need to transact X, Y, or Z. Or, well, if you upgrade to the non-vulnerable OS, our applications won't work anymore. We don't have enough money to develop a new app to run on the new version of X. It's just, Mm -hmm. we don't know it's her fault, but we certainly know there were some stupid things that are coming about, but maybe we all have stupid things under our micro breaches. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, um, I think there was a little bit of, um, you know, infosec community support on that whole, that whole deal, because a lot of people were saying like, I, I think the people who were saying like, Oh, she only has a music degree were people who aren't really like industry experts. Yeah, because exactly. As you and I know, most of the people who are in our industry that are good, they, they might not they, have any degree or, or like, they're like, yeah, I have some degree in this, but like, that does like I don't do that anymore. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true. Of, I mean, maybe everything except for medicine and law, right? It's not like you right. can get be a lawyer and be like, oh no, I, I studied. Uh, name your very specific major that I can't think of here. Come on, there's a joke in there. I studied sports medicine. <laughs> Poli sci. Yeah, it, it was interesting to kind of watch this unfold though, and and kind of also even you and I had this conversation about like what exactly was the vulnerability. Yeah. Cause at first it was like, okay, it's this Apache struts thing. Mm-hmm. And it was confusing as to when, ex- what, what vulnerability it was and when exactly it was patched. Right. Um, Cause a lot of people were saying, Oh, this was a, this was a real zero day breach, which is very rare. Yeah, super so for those rare. Of you that don't know, right. Those are kind of things that happen in a lab, but real zero day wild breaches are very rare. Yeah. Well, and um, plus as soon as they said, it's Apache Struts. We went and look, you, you look up the vulnerability, and it's like, okay, that's existed for a little while. And then Equifax put out a, a statement saying, as soon as we found out about that vulnerability, we immediately took action, quote unquote, to to uh, remediate it. But like, that is the worst legal language I ever heard. It's like we took action. We we scheduled a meeting. We we got very nervous. 
we dispatched a team to investigate it. Like that, those all could be actions, mm-hmm. right? It's unclear what they really did, and it's still unclear to me whether or not that maybe that was an infiltration route. But was that the breach? Certainly not. Tons of stuff right, happened. Yeah, yeah. Actually, since then, I've seen a bunch of things on uh, my friends on Twitter, like showing uh, uh, proof of the breach and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. they're showing like kind of forged certificates for RDP sessions. So like, they got in there. And we're everywhere, right? Right, because like like we talked about this, this breach was going on for a long time. And yep. I think maybe they were trying to somehow solve it before it got public, which is why it took they took them so long to talk about it. But like, yeah, they were so in there, and for them to kind of like focus on this front door Apache struts things is is kind of yeah, it's, it's really... very narrow, right? It's like yeah, but they are already like in your everything. <laughs> yeah, and I think that the it's part of the problem with this new i don't know if it's that new but this paradigm where these kinds of stories are making news and i'm sure it's the same with everything don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not trying to say that the that the security industry is so much more sophisticated and and detailed than like an automotive industry or a health industry or you name it i'm sure that anything you know it's like if someone said hey we we found this new strain of a disease by the time that makes it to the huffington post all the science is stripped out of that article, and it's like, it's a new disease. It's like Pac-Man that eats cells or something, right? <laughs> it's going to be so dumb yeah. that any doctor is just going to, you know, do a big old forehead slap. I think that's what's happening here is they basically, someone said, real big breach, real big problem. Then the appetite was, well, what went wrong? And so they said, oh, Apache Struts 2 vulnerability. And 90% of the reading public went, oh, good, they figured it out. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was also a poor attempt to be like, see, it wasn't it wasn't totally our fault. We had some bad software, and that's how people got in. But it's like, yeah, but how did they get in so far to where they could totally, <laughs> yeah, you know, hose you up entire network? So, and another thing, you know, uh, kind of losing confidence in Mandiant on a big time here because they hired Mandiant. They said that they did, mm-hmm. and like we talked about in previous episodes, where you know there was this Mandiant guy that got breached, and they kind of waved their hands and said nothing really happened, which. Right. talked about how I don't really believe that. Here, it's like, how did Mandiant help them at all? You know? They didn't yeah. They didn't help them with any sort of, like, actual root cause and how to fix the situation or any sort of, like, incident response stuff. They basically sat on it with them for several months. So it's like, what are you guys doing? I don't, I don't know about the value here anymore. It is, it is a weird thing. And, in fact, I actually was, I was writing something about this the other day. We're kind of in this mode overall where you, where we all build defenses, right? It's like, okay, protect your data. And actually, I have an interesting, I had a conversation with a, a CEO um, the other day that was relevant to this. Um, but so it's like you build up your defenses and then you hope they work and then you get breached and then it either goes public or it doesn't. And in that flow chart, the goes public or doesn't, if it doesn't, then you try to clean things up and you build your walls taller and maybe you change your policy or config. If it does, you hire Mandiant and they come in to say, here's what went wrong. And I kind of like, man, isn't that whole thing, isn't that last step the first step? <laughs> right? Like, why do we wait until everybody's caught with their pants down before we go, hey, what's the problem here? Why not start with, hey, what's the problem here? And kind of work back from there. 
I, I don't know. It does seem funny that we wait until everybody's pissed, nobody trusts our company, and then we go, you know, we should investigate whether the security works. Yeah. Do we have any more about this thing, or is it beaten to death? It certainly is beaten to death, and everyone who's listening has probably stopped listening. We probably have no listeners, no subscribers anymore, because they're like, I got <laughs> it. They're like, I don't want to hear about that. I've been hearing about it all week. No joke. Okay, let's move on to something a little bit different. Yeah. We talked about at the beginning. Adobe. Adobe. Now, I realize to some people it might be confusing as to what the difference is between a private and a public key. Hmm, that's a fun conversation. But if your title is information <laughs> security engineer, we don't I don't ex, I don't remember if it, if they figured out who exactly it was, but it was from the information security group. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> You know, so for those of you who who are not super familiar with private and public key stuff, like it sounds, you give your public key to people, your private key you keep private. That's for you. Yeah. Yeah. They they got those backwards. <laughs> it's pretty. That's how basically how it worked. Yeah. So yeah, and one of their uh, support sites or blogs, I don't know exactly, but some some public facing thing, where you would maybe put a public key so someone could send you encrypted things. Mm-hmm. They put the private key. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so helpful. Because it's like, why does the person have the private key in a handleable, not shouldn't be, pasteable way? <laughs> pasteable. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, two, like, what the hell? Yeah. What the hell, indeed. It is. <laughs> it. It's like. Uh, it does make me think that someone had access they shouldn't have had. Right. It was like, oh, we'll have Jimmy the intern do it. Hey, Jimmy. Because that's a. That's a. It's not just a dumb mistake. It's a hard mistake to make. I guess. I mean, like, I guess it's if, you know, uh, I hire you to help me clean my garage and I say, put the blue box on the bottom shelf and the red box on the top shelf. And I walked away and you go, wait, which? I know I'm supposed to put the boxes on the shelf, but I don't remember the order. Just put them on the shelf. Yeah. I Yes, that's true. <laughs> that could be as simple as it is. Just there are, there are two boxes and two shelves. Now, see, I'll be the one to screw it up because now I don't remember whether the red box. Oh, see? Bad time. You're going to paste your private key. I will. <laughs> I'm going to read all your secret emails. All right. Um, paste your privates. Private. Don't paste your privates. Don't paste um, your privates. That's a mistake we all make only once. Yes. This was just me, wasn't it? It was just you. All right. Oh, hey, you went to uh, you went to the uh, structure security. I went to the structure security week. event here. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to you want to say anything about that? Yeah, it was an interesting event. Um, the first thing I'll say was it was sure refreshing. Most of the sessions had no slides. Just a, just a person being interviewed, like Barbara Walters style. Oh, so everything had kind of like a like a moderator guy and yep. just ask questions? Yeah, just asking questions. And, That's uh, interesting. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. I heard, uh, you know, there was some, it was a grab bag of speakers. And one stood out because the guy was just good. He, I mean, I, I'll, I'll say, this guy's name's Nate Fick. He's the, he's the CEO of a company called Endgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a former Marine and he's now the CEO and the moderator who came up to ask him questions. And mo- most of the moderators were clearly, um, they were other industry folks and, and some of them were reporters. Um, and they, they were doing a nice soft interview, you know, teeing up a question and then here comes an answer. This gal that came up with, with Nate Fick was 
in full-on reporter mode. Like, I'm going to catch you saying something stupid, and then I'm going to put that on the front page. So it made it kind of good, because they were, like, tap dancing. Uh, anyway, one of the first things that she uh, she went into was, you used to be in the military. Um, do you Do you think that we're entering a new Cold War, except instead of nuclear uh, escalation, now it's cyber escalation? And so maybe they had plan that question in advance or whatever but he said it was an interesting thing <laughs> the thing i really liked was was he's like oh the, things have changed right companies used to compete with companies and states competed with states and that's kind of how it worked and if there was a fight that's where it was going to be now states are attacking companies uh we're seeing it left right and center but what that really means is these state level cyber attacks that that used to be something that you would know was reserved between like two nation states that stuff is getting out there and getting usable for any old joe and uh and and he said the the big part of the problem where things get funky is back when it was the cold war with nuclear stuff attribution was easy because we put spy satellites all over the place right you see a plume of smoke and you'd go oh that's who launched the nuke so the second strike capability you knew what you were supposed to do but now he's like, we're so bad at seeing that plume of smoke. We don't know where the attacks are coming from. So we're, the attribution is gone. Plus, he was like, deterrence back in the day, that was based, his quote was, if you cross this line, I'm going to go 100x on you. That's deterrence. That's knowing that we're, gonna, we're going to wreck your country, whether it's like, uh, you know, economic or diplomatic or full-on military action. It's like, cyber, what's 100x on that? I'm going to steal may- way more of your country's data. And then he got into the hacking back thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is the stupidest thing anyone can ever do. I mean, he really was very vocal about like, hacking back is not just illegal, it's also stupid. And and he just said, but, but if you're still not convinced and you decide you're going to take matters into your own hands, just think about escalation dominance. Do I have escalation dominance over the over the nation that hacked into my business or over the business that hacked into my business. And if you don't have a hundred times escalation dominance, don't do it because now you're, you're going to hurt, you know, it's like, they're going to kill your dog. You're going to kill their dog. And a lot of dogs are going to die, but no, nothing's really going to change. Escalation dominance. That's a new term for me. Escalation dominance. Yeah. Maybe he made it up or maybe, but it sounded very like this guy means business. (laughs) Yeah. He could kill us right now. He didn't look like he was going to kill us right now. Tactical micro-breach. Tactical micro-breach pasting <laughs> privates. Private micro-breach. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. There was another thing that I thought was interesting. Yep. Raspberry Pis. Found some new uses for Raspberry Pis. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, one of them, apparently, is go into the data center that doesn't have cameras late at night, install a Raspberry Pi underneath the empty open part of the rack, and have it somehow, I don't know what, siphon data off of given servers and, and release it out to the wild periodically. Uh, apparently some company found this when they, uh, they they did like a network, new network scanning tool and they found this random weird sort source of outbound data every now and again. And they, they couldn't find anything, couldn't find anything. And then they found that it was a Raspberry Pi and some employee had been bribed to put it there, not knowing what it was. Like he was a janitorial yeah. employee. I don't know if I believe that story. Oh, sure. Why not? Yeah, I guess so. It is uh, certainly better than, you know, just a Wi-Fi pineapple outside until it runs out of batteries. 
Yeah, they've. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, the Raspberry Pi is a, is a really great general purpose small computer. Mm -hmm. But they've had kind of devices like that for a while now. Um, they even had names for them, and I can't remember off the top of my head what they are. But basically, little things that you pop on the internal network. And they either are able to do some sort of outbound SSH tunnel. I've even seen some sophisticated ones that have their own like uh, like 4G modem built in. So they do they oh. do their exfiltration through their own outbound network. Nice. That's much smarter. <laughs> um, and I've seen them disguised as like uh, like wall warts. Oh, right? good idea. So you plug it into the thing and someone's like, oh, that's for the, the cooler. Don't unplug that. Right or whatever. I need my. So, yeah. I need my beer cool. It's it's definitely not a new trick, but obviously you know a Raspberry Pi is a, is an easy way to get something like that up and running quickly. Yeah. Pop it on the network. That's you know, it, it, there's um, you said like you're not exactly sure how it siphons the data. I'm I'm sure they're just being on the network segment enough on on the data center is probably pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um, but if you read about these things where through um, image analysis, they can um, you can point a point a, uh, a high frame rate camera at the hard drive lights. What? And actually, because those hard drive lights are are you know basically uh, in path of the bit recording, so Holy they are basically cow. flashing the bit recordings of the drive, right? Wow! And they can actually get data off of just reading the hard drive lights. You know what that's just like, but not like. Did you? see the one of my favorite but it's i know it's terrible did you see dune the movie version yes the mentats two for hawad <laughs> yep here it comes oh nerd there we go yeah sorry nerd factor you know higher the, than third factor <laughs> this is a special segment of third factor called nerd factor they uh it was different they were a little different in the books, uh, but they were in both cases. They were the human computer. They had to have humans be the computers because the computers, like Terminator, had eventually gotten too smart, too sentient. They had overthrown. They had the Butlerian Jihad. It was a whole big thing. It was bad. So now they couldn't have thinking computers anymore for fear that that would happen again. So they still needed high computational things. So they trained a bunch of human beings to be able to do it, so their brains could process crazy fast. The Mentats uh, in the movie version, but I don't think in the book the way they communicated to each other over like um, radio was with math only. Mm. And so the, the, the words that were spoken were things that didn't make any sense at all. They were spoken a too fast and B it was just like 31,003 to the pipe, but it was a weapon you know, logarithmic explanation of the weather did. And then what came back was just flashing lights and he would just look at a light and it'd just go. And it was binary flashing lights in his eye, all the information he mm -hmm. needed. It's just like the hard drive, except for way better. Nerd. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, Ixia. So, remember Ixia, the company that used to do yep. traffic generation? Yeah. Yep. The Ix was the, the planet in Dune where they still made computers. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that's how they got their name. Many machines on Ix. Uh, yeah, I hope it is. Uh, well, that is interesting. Stealing data yeah. from, from the flashing lights. High high frame rate cameras, also so fun. Not not like a crazy frame rate camera, but I think like they can do it with like a sixty frame per second. No way. Capture. Really? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe no. it needs to be higher. I think higher. But you you know what? I don't know. You're the one that they, knows. They, 
Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I read that research, but it was it was basically like we took these things that are two dollars and we built this. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I've read a lot of those, a lot yeah. of those articles. Yeah. Uh, oh, closing out structure security though. That's a Raspberry yep. Pi. There was a presenter who, for the last two years, was at DefCon using the phone and trying to get people on the other end of the phone to give up critical information that could be used to later mm-hmm. exploit them. Yep. And social hacking. Social hacking. Exactly right. Social engineering, but but sort of the vishing style, right? Voice vishing. And uh, she uses social media posts from employees at companies and who oftentimes will post stupid things to come up with relevant questions to ask those employees and she has a way to do it where they're willing to give up information because they just think they're in a natural conversation. And man, it scared the pants off me. Like, not to be a FUD person and yeah. not to paste my privates, but my pants were scared off. My micro breaches were nowhere to be seen. Mm-mm. I still had my socks. Didn't knock my socks off, but it did scare the pants off me. Uh, yeah, because basically she just... She's like, well, first off, the, the stupidity is hilarious where she's, she said so many people, you wouldn't believe it, on their first day on the job, they take a picture of their badge. Humans don't work that well. No, humans work pretty out. poorly. I wasn't even wearing pants at the <laughs> security show. They were scared right off of me. Wow. I'm going to keep hitting that joke until it's funny. Is anyone laughing on the other end? Yes. Leave a comment about my pants. Hey, speaking of something that I think is funny. Okay, I can't wait. And it has a security-related thing. Hmm. Uh, iPhone X, which, by the way, you're not supposed to call iPhone X. You're supposed to call it iPhone 10. Oh, really? Yep. I didn't... Uh, uh. What do you think about the facial-only security of this thing? <laughs> facial recognition. Yep. Which, yeah. and the funny part is, when they demoed it, it didn't work. Yeah, that's... I don't know if you watched the, the uh, announcement. I but didn't, because I was... Meh. But, no, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, the main demo for doing the face thing but they were like okay let me let's show the new phone to go over you know, all i have to do is unlock it look at it okay let's go to backup he picks up a different <laughs> phone okay we're right in right the thing that that they did really well though like the the production people uh-huh. is they obviously had two inputs for the main phone and the backup phone and they switched those so fast oh and like good. on the screen behind them yeah if you were in the audience you probably had no idea what was going on oh wow well that's yeah good. I have respect you know, for that. Because he was just, he was just he, you could tell, like, he knew it didn't work right away, so he's like, back up. Uh, that is amazing, because, <laughs> and that, you know how many times they must have rehearsed that to get it right, too? Well, their answer, their official answer was, and this, I, I you know, who knows, because a- Apple's got some brilliant people, so they could have crafted <laughs> a very intelligent response that who knows if it's real or not. They said, because all of the stagehands had been handling the device, mm. it hid it had reached the threshold for failed unlocks. Oh. And then so it was at the, it was doing what it was supposed to be doing, which is, hey, put in your pin. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. This thing doesn't work. Um, which is what kind of happened to him. He was trying to unlock it. And it was just like, put in your pin. And he's like, oh. You that's a, he was totally, he that's, was totally sweating too. Oh, poor guy. I know. Well, that's um, the demo zone, man. It's an uncomfortable place to be. So one, yeah. I know you were about to say it, Probably reasonable response and probably what happened. But two, how good is it if it fails to pin all oh, the time? Oh, it's no better than a pin. That's how good it is. It's exactly <laughs> the same as a pin, which is which is what all these things are. And people think they're security features, 
but they're just convenience features if they fail back to pin. Yeah. Right? It's just like use your fingerprint. It's faster than pressing four numbers. But yeah. when you don't have your finger anymore and or you're me because I don't have your finger, I'll use your pin. Thank you very much. Or I'll brute force your pin yeah. or whatever I'll do. Yeah, it's it's pretty stupid. Uh, the The facial recognition thing, well, I have two thoughts about it. One, it seems like the answer to a question nobody's asking to me, right? It, the reason they did it is because the iPhone XX, it doesn't have a fingerprint sensor, right? There's no... Well, you know, you know the story behind that, right? Well, because they're stupid and they made the whole face the screen and there's no place for a button? No. Okay. I mean, the back so this is, is a place this for is a button. A, this is, of course, rumor, but this is, this is, it's a, it's a, it's a well-circulated rumor. Okay. Um, they were working on the fingerprint scanner being in the um, touchscreen. Uh-huh. And Qualcomm actually showed demos of this last year, right? And they said this will be in phones in the summer of 2018. Um, so, so it's a little early from Qualcomm's timing right. thing. Um, but they showed the technology exists. And mm-hmm. so this phone was supposed to have that. Oh. And the, and the rumor was they didn't get it right in time. They needed to ship the phone. So they're like, uh, it does facial only. That's our story. And what the problem that the, and some people are even going even further on the rumors that there's that the, the Apple's still working on it and there will be like a te, iPhone 10 or X.1 or whatever that's going to piss everybody <laughs> off dot, because it's going to be I. like it's going to be like an incremental oh release right you know you just paid a grand for this thing yeah now the hardware is out now they, now the they come one. out with the fingerprint version where you you can touch anywhere on the screen and unlock it which is to me way cooler than facial. Oh yeah, that is way cooler. Um, because why would they? Why would they all of a sudden abandon the fingerprints? Same. They were the pioneers of this thing. Well, right? yeah, I don't. I think you're probably right. It seems like it does make perfect sense. Uh, there was a rumor just that I read today that the that the that there's not just a Pixel XL and a Pixel coming out, Pixel Two and Pixel Two XL. The Ultra Pixel. Yeah, the Ultra Pixel. Yeah, it's supposed to or rumored to have the touch the screen and it recognizes your fingerprint thing. Because it has very small bezels. So I, I, um, I would like to believe that the folks at Google are are super smart and trying to fool everyone. Yeah. And there is some there is some mystery third phone that they've somehow kept secret. I'd like to think that too. Uh, I, there, and I'll give you some some reasons for that other than just my my hope of it. <laughs> very early on, do you remember when they they found some. I forget if it was an open source code dump that Android uh, the Android guys did, but they basically found the code names for the working mm-hmm. uh, versions of the Pixel. It yep. was um, Walleye and Timon. Always dumb fish. Yeah. Yep. But there was a there was a third one, Musky. <laughs> Yuck. Right. So there was three of them: Musky, Walleye, and and Taman. And after they were like, these are the Three pixels are coming out. You know, this is the thing. They didn't know which one was which. They just kind of knew that they, those were the new hardware devices they were mm-hmm. working on. And a couple months after that, they were like, oh, they're canceling Muskie. It's just Walleye and Taman now. And everyone figured that it was a, um, it was kind of a mid-range device. It, well, it was, one, it was one of either two things. It was either a mid-range, like somehow in between the Pixel and the Pixel XL, mm-hmm. or it was a crazy, like, phablet 
note oh yeah that kind of device sense. sure sort of sort of like almost like maybe seven inch screen or something like that right um after that they didn't really know but but it was pretty well confirmed that it had been canceled and now it was just the pixel and pixel xl twos i wonder if that the, my hope is that whole thing was a fake to cover it up like tell everyone we're canceling it because it's a super secret project hmm. and it's actually the whole been the whole thing the whole time I don't know. The musky cover-up of your pasted privates. <laughs> I don't think it's real, but it would be awesome if it is. It would be awesome if it is because I love phones. Uh, the thing that I was confused about, and boy, thanks for listening to our information security podcast about Android. <laughs> <laughs> but the the thing that I it makes it hard for me to believe is the the like the Pixel XL that's out right now. That was essentially a thousand dollar phone, right? I mean, like seven something, yeah. Yeah, but when you you spec it out the way you want it, it's it's you buy the, the you buy the Pixel Protect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I can't imagine they're going to charge less for the next Pixel XL. Is right. the if if this other ex, Pixel Extreme Pixel 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 Pants is it going to be a thirteen hundred dollar list price phone? I don't know. Can I do well, it? Well, people were also saying, like, I'm sure Google's ability to get secrets out of Apple are way better than ours. Yeah. Um, and this would actually kind of make sense because then they're competing at the same, like, low Level. end, medium yeah. end, super high end. Yeah, you're probably right. right. Yeah, and I imagine at a certain point, um, the the eagle-eyed listener... What? Eagle-eyed listener? Is there an eagle ear? What's the equivalent of an of hearing for being eagle-eyed? Um, who's a good miracle ear? <laughs> ear you mean like an animal that's good at hearing? Yeah, Stevie Wonder. Maybe like a kangaroo mouse. Okay, the kangaroo mouse eared <laughs> among you will uh, have will know also. But I screwed this up because what I was really trying to say is, some listeners know that I also have a, a, a real, real preoccupation with watches, wristwatches. And I've made some videos on the tube of you that are growing in popularity, despite how terrible they are. And uh, one of the things is watches are pretty good. Watches started out as a full-on tool. Phones are kind of the same thing. Nobody really needed to carry around a cellular phone. And then we kind of did, because everybody did. And now for a while, we've kind of been in this... There certainly is this idea that there's a luxury element to them, right? Mm -hmm. They've been trying that for a long time. So maybe this is that inflection point. History will look back at this episode of The Third Factor and say, that guy didn't predict the future, but he sure did talk about what was happening right then. He sure does have a swell watch, too. I do have a swollen watch. Boy, I love it. No, not a swollen, a swell. Oh, I do have a swell watch. Yeah, I do. I look. I I do have one nice watch. <laughs> anyway, wrap up. Uh, we promise. We don't promise anything. But we're gonna try ding dang hard to have a guest <laughs> next time. Ding dang. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, the last time I said ding dang hard was in 1996. Huh. Yeah. We know. We we've got some interesting people that are. I think now, a bit more interesting than us maybe coming. Yep. Oh. And it'll be fun. Leave a comment. Rate and review. 
or say hi to us on Twitter. You can give a, a like or you can throw a rotten tomato, whatever. Sure. With that, I've been Chris. This is Jonathan. And with the third factor, thanks so much for listening. See ya. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.